Welcome to the Ridge Life Podcast. We at Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship trust this message will be an encouragement to you. Let's also share some of God's word with you guys this morning. And the passage that I have for this morning is in Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. Um, this is a familiar passage to a lot of us. But also, uh, it's a passage that speaks to us um, in a fresh way every time that we read it. So, um, let's pray together and then let's get into God's Word. Father, we praise you for this opportunity that you give us to be here together to open our Bibles. Um, and we pray that as we read our Bibles, that your Spirit will speak to us, that you will help us to... Uh, as we read this passage that is so familiar to so many of us, that you will help us to see it in new ways, in fresh ways, uh, to understand why you want to speak to us through this passage. And Lord, we pray that as we read about it, that you will help us to see how you are a loving Father who really cares about us and who is always with us. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, let's read Matthew 6 from verses 25 through verse 34. Matthew 6, verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of more value than the, those birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So, um, this passage is about God being a good father. And as I, as I was reading this passage, I thought about how now I am a father too. You know, we just had a baby. As I hear that baby crying, I'm, I'm just, I think about having a baby and how much joy it brings to, to our lives. But also when you think about having a baby, bringing someone into the world, someone so small, so needy, in such a crazy world, that's also a very big responsibility. It's obviously that it's obvious that any child will need good, godly parents into this crazy world that they're going to be born into. 
a, a father and a mother who will look after this child and parents uh, to whom this child can look up to. But if you think about it, what does it look like to be a godly parent? What does it look like to be a godly mother, a godly father? Some of you, I'm sure, have had good fathers, good godly fathers who are an example to you. When you think of your father, it makes you happy and, and thankful for having a good father. But I'm, I, I know that uh, some of you may not have had good fathers, that uh, you don't have a lot of good memories from your fathers. And maybe some of you may not even have had a father at all. And a lot of times our experience with our fathers reflect in the way that we see God as a father. And as we look into this passage, we need to think about how we cannot let our life experience corrupt the way that we see God as a father. We need to let uh, passages like these uh, speak to us to tell us what God is like as a father. And that's how, um, that, that's how we need to look into this passage this morning. Letting uh, Jesus himself, Jesus who, were, who was speaking these words, teach us who our father is. And a lot of times we don't see God clearly. We don't see the love of God and the, the care that God has for us as a father in a very clear way because other things in our lives blind us to that truth to that reality. The first thing that we see here, the first truth is that worry is one of the things that blinds us. Worry blinds us to the reality of who God is as a father. Verse 25 says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So worry is something that blinds us. But something that stands out as we start reading this passage is the first word here. Uh, this passage starts with, with the word therefore. And one thing that I learned in seminary is that every time that you start a passage with the word therefore, you need to ask yourself, what is that word there for? And the way to find out is to go back. So let's go back. Even if you go back one verse to verse 24, we read this in verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So what Jesus is talking about as he moves into this passage is about the love of money. How trusting money Relying on money is something that blinds you to who God is. And that worry is a sign that you trust something or someone more than you trust God himself. Because if you trust God, you will have no reason to worry. But if you trust money, whenever it's gone, worry comes into, into your life. So Jesus is telling us to instead of loving money and having money as the, the, our source of security and safety, to focus on God and trust our Father. And you know, the world is in a, in a very tough financial situation today. After this pandemic that we've had, uh, things will become hard. But at the same time, if we think about it, the ancient world, the world that uh, Jesus was living is, living is 
uh, and it was in a much worse financial situation. As it is today in many parts of the world, uh, people are always in a recession. Life is always difficult. You never have enough. And that's the, the reality of the people here in this passage. Um, you know, we, we worry about whether we will be able to eat what we like to eat. They worried if they would be able to find food at all. Uh, we worry about if we'll be able to wear the clothes that we like to wear. They worried if they would uh, be freezing in, in the middle of the night because they didn't have enough clothes. We worry if we'll ever be able to get the house of our dreams but they were worried if they would be able to find a place to sleep at night. But if Jesus is telling people who didn't know if they would starve to death in the end of the week not to worry, don't you think that this applies to us as well? Yes, it surely does. So, but worry blinds us. Worry tells us uh, that we cannot trust God. Worry blinds us to the reality that God is a father that cares about us. But here in this passage, Jesus is opening our eyes to see the truth. And as he does that, he tells us to look at four things that helps us to understand that God really cares for us as a father. And the first thing that he tells us to look at is to look at creation. He tells us to look at creation. In verse 26, he says, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Birds. He tells us to look at birds. Think about that. Birds are everywhere. And that's something that I've noticed anywhere I go. Uh, as I told you, I grew up in Brazil. So growing up in Brazil, you would expect that I saw a lot of exotic birds, but I grew up in the city. So what kind of birds do you think I saw every day growing up in the city? Pigeons, yeah. So I, I saw pigeons everywhere in the city, every day. But then luckily when I went to college, I moved to an, a smaller town that was closer to the jungle in Brazil. So then I got to see other birds like uh, toucans and, and parrots all out flying all around. So that was very exciting. And then when I moved here, I got to see uh, cardinals and blue jays and even bald eagles on occasions. So, um, but one of the things that I've learned through that is that birds are everywhere. And at some point, we even stop noticing them because they're just there all the time. Uh, we don't notice them anymore. We don't really care about birds. Um, how many of you guys woke up this morning thinking, I wonder if the little birds out there are going to have enough to eat today? Not many of us, right? Maybe you did. Okay. All right. One of us did. Okay. So not, most of us are not thinking about birds every day. That's not really not something that comes into our minds, except for you. But God cares about birds. God cares about those little birds. Our Heavenly Father is not an absent God who just put the world into existence and left us to our own devices. That's not what God is like as a father. He is involved in every detail of his creation. Matthew 10, 29 says this, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. This passage is telling us that if there is a little bird in the middle of the woods that no one knows about, 
If this bird falls into the ground, God cares about that. And he provides for their needs. He cares about birds and he provides for their needs. Are we saying that God feeds birds? Isn't that just something that happens in nature? No, God does feed his birds. God makes his worms, his berries, his bugs, and he gives them to his little birds. But think about it. If God cares so much about birds, aren't you more valuable than birds? Don't you think that God cares so much more about you? But yeah, we we deceive ourselves. We tell ourselves that God cares less about us and our needs than he cares about birds. We fear the future. We hoard toilet paper. (laughs) We, We ignore the promises of God. You know, birds don't worry. Birds don't hoard toilet paper. You will never see birds doing something like that. Birds, they trust God, and we need to learn with them. But at the same time, this is not an excuse for us to be lazy, because if you look at birds, they wake up early in the morning, earlier than most of us, earlier than most of us, and, and they look diligently for their food. And they do that because they trust that their Creator will provide for them. And at the same time, we need to learn with them, to trust that our God, our Creator, our Father will provide for us. So looking into creation, looking at creation helps us to remember God's care. And we, re- we need to remember that if God cares about those little things, about little birds, he cares so much more about us. On verse uh, 27, he says, which of you by worrying can add one single hour to your life? So Jesus is telling, here, telling us here that we cannot worry ourselves into a longer life. That is just not possible. And it actually has been proven that we can do the opposite. That worry, anxiety, stress, those are things that, that lead to several diseases that make our lives shorter. If anything, we can only worry ourselves into a shorter life. Worry doesn't really do us any good. It does, it's counterproductive. You, you get sick, you get laid off, your car breaks, and on top of that, you add anxiety. How is that going to help you? Uh, recently, our car broke the day before we had one of these church visits, and I was very worried. But ironically, I was working on this passage to prepare to share with, with, uh, with the church. And it's just some, one of those things that remind you, even if your car breaks and you have something to do tomorrow, if you worry, that's not going to help you. It's, it doesn't help you to think clearly. It doesn't help you to trust God. And thankfully, God provided a car for us to go to, to church the next day. But my worry didn't help me at all. And that's the truth. Worry just makes things harder. And then in verse 28, Jesus says, So why do, do you worry about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So the first comparison that we saw here was a comparison with the birds. Uh, It was a comparison of importance. What is more important, you or birds? 
But now the comparison that we are seeing here is a comparison of longevity. What lasts longer? Flowers, grass, or you, your soul? If your father cares for something that lives for such a short amount of time, like a flower, don't you think that he will care about you, your soul, which is eternal? Look at creation again. And think of the clothing of King Solomon, the wealthiest king. He, was, uh, he had the most expensive, expensive and the most luxurious clothes that we could ever imagine. And yet, they were not as beautiful as one of the flowers in our father's fields. You know, we don't have a lot of wild lilies here to think about, to, to uh, compare with King Solomon's clothes, um, but we do have a lot of dandelions here in Indiana. Uh, and as I told you, I grew up in the city, so when I see dandelions, I think they're amazing because I, I didn't grow up seeing things like that. Um, but I think they get a, a lot of a, a bad reputation because, you know, they, they are these the, this yellow little flowers that grow uh, on your grass and then they turn into these puffy white things and they're just so nice to look at. But then we come and then we mow them and then we cut them off. Um, you know, I'm not telling you that you should grow weeds in your front yard. But just think about this. If God cares about those little flowers that we want to get rid of, don't you think that he cares about providing for your needs? You know, flowers, they grow, and the next day they're cut off. But your soul is eternal. And God cares about your soul so much more than he cares about flowers. So looking at creation, looking at these things, help us to see how our Heavenly Father cares about us. But now Jesus is telling us in verse 31 to look at something else, to look to our Father. To look to our Father. He says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, but your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. You know, when I was a little boy, I didn't have to worry about paying bills and um, earning a paycheck and, or buying groceries. That's not something I had to worry about because I had a father who did those things for me as, as a little kid. Uh, and now that I'm a, I'm a father, I'm not expecting my baby to pay bills, to earn a paycheck. To, to write a check to pay our bills. That's not something I'm expecting her to do. Well, I don't even know how to write a check anymore. You do everything online nowadays that it's not even something that I could teach her. But anyway, she doesn't have to worry about those things because uh, I'm doing that. Her, her parents are doing that. Um, and you know, it would be silly of us to expect a, a baby or a toddler to do something like that. We have a, a niece that she's two years old. Is that how old she is? Three years old? Okay. She's a lot of fun. We love whenever we get to see her. Um, but if we ever ask, asked her to go to the grocery store to get groceries for us, that would be a complete disaster. No one would do that. No one would tell a toddler to go get groceries. That's not something that you expect a, a toddler to do. It's just silly to think about it. 
But that's how we act like when we don't trust our Heavenly Father to take care of the things that He promises us that He will take care of. When we are trying to take care of every detail of our, of our lives, when we try to control everything, when we become anxious and, and stressed, we are acting like a toddler going to the grocery store trying to get groceries. It's just something that we are not designed to do. We're not able to do that. We need to trust our Heavenly Father and to trust that what He tells us that He will take care of, He will truly take care of. He, know, he knows our needs. He knows everything we need. And if you have a Heavenly Father, you have no reason to worry. But the opposite is also true. If you do not have a Heavenly Father, you have reason to worry. Pagans have no guarantee of provision. These promises are not for people who are not God's children. So that is something that you have to think about too. Are you a child of God? Are you counted as one of these who will benefit from these blessings of God's care and provision as a father? But if you're, if you're living for these lesser things, if you're living for money, for a reputation, if that's uh, for, for a job, if, if those are the most important things in your life and you're not living for God's glory, if God is not your father, if he's not uh, the one you live for, you need Christ in your life because Jesus is the only one who is able to connect you to the Father. He is the only way to the Father. And if you trust that what Jesus did at the cross, his resurrection, his work to save us is enough to save you and you live with him as your greatest treasure, as your greatest desire. He will make you a child of God so that you will no longer live for money or, or cars or jobs or houses, but you will live for your heavenly father and for his glory and his kingdom. And if you are a child of God, ask yourself, how am I reacting to this situation in my life? A lot of us are going through a lot of stressful things. Um, maybe it's with your job or your family or your health. Ask yourself, how am I reacting to this? Am I reacting to this as if I have a father who I know is taking care of me, who I know has a plan with every, everything that's going on? Or am I acting like a pagan who doesn't have a father, who has no guarantee of provision? When things get hard and unsure, do I react with fear? with doubt, or do I react with peace and faith in God? Anxiety is worldly. Anxiety is something that pagans do. Why would we want to copy them if we have a father who will take care of us? So Jesus is telling us to look at these things to remind us of those, uh, these truths. He tells us to look at creation, to look at, to our father. And now he's telling us to look for his kingdom. On verse 33, he says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek his kingdom, not worry. Isn't it much easier, though, to do, to do the opposite? When you are, you know, laying in bed at night, not being able to go to sleep, where are you taking your mind to? 
to the things of God's kingdom or to the things that make you worry, that give you anxiety. But how do we do that? How do we seek God's kingdom? There are many ways for us to do that. One of the ways that we seek God's kingdom is by pursuing God's word. A lot of you may have a hard time communicating with your father. You may have a father who doesn't really talk much, uh, who is hard to get through. But your heavenly father is not like that. Your heavenly father loves to speak with you through his word. And he wants you to listen, to listen to him. And the way that we do that is by opening our Bibles and listening to God's word through the words of scripture. And we can also talk to him through prayer and have a communication with our Heavenly Father. Another way that we can pursue God's kingdom is by serving, serving wholeheartedly. God provides all you need so that you can use those things to give glory to him. Your health is not yours. It's not for you to use only for your own benefit. It's God's. And he can take it away with one doctor's appointment. So think about it. How are you going to use your health? Or even how are you going to use your sickness for God's glory? Your time, it's not yours. How can you use your time for God's glory to pursue his kingdom? Your life is not yours. It belongs to God. How can you use your life to bring glory to God? And we need to use all these things to serve others for God's glory. Another way that we can uh, pursue God's kingdom is by giving generously. Your money is not yours. It's God's money. And how can you use that for his glory to bring him praise? If your greatest treasure is money, though, and there is a recession, you will worry because you fear to lose what you love the most. But if your greatest treasure is God, not money, you will trust God and you will in turn be generous with your money, even when you have less than you wish you would have, because you know that you already have your treasure in God. And even the little money that he gives you is not for you. It's for his glory. And even if you were to give your last penny, you have a father who will provide for all of your needs. And there is no reason to worry. All you need today and all you will need in the future, he will provide. Till the day that he has appointed for you to enter eternity. He will sustain you and he will take care of you. Can you trust this? Can you rest in this? that God has promised you that he will take care of you. Now, the last thing that Jesus tells us to look at, after looking at creation, looking to our Father, looking for his kingdom, is to look at his provision today and trust him for tomorrow. Look at his provision today and trust him for tomorrow. Verse 34, if you look at verse 34 again with me, he says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This verse is telling us to not push our fears into the future. And so many times we love worry so much, we love anxiety so much that we, have, we don't have enough to worry about today that we try to look for things in the future to worry about. 
because we just love that. How many times, though, have you, have you been reminded of, of God's faithfulness through this uh, hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness? How many of you guys know that hymn, Great, Great is Thy Faithfulness? Uh, this hymn comes from Lamentations 3, uh, verse 22 and 23, that says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new, finish it, every morning. Why do you think that this verse says that God's mercies are new every morning? What does that mean? What this means is that because every day has enough trouble of its own, every day God provides more mercies for that day. You need new mercies for new troubles every day. Tomorrow's mercies are not for today's troubles. And tomorrow's troubles are not meant to be taken by today's mercies. Tomorrow you have new challenges, but there will be new mercies. You know, one, one way that I really uh, learned that was when I was in seminary, uh, and I had just started the first week of seminary, and they gave, this, they gave us this long list of homework. And I was thinking, I don't want to spend my whole week doing homework. I don't want to do that. I'm just going to take one day, and I'm going to do all of my homework in that one day. So I tried that. The first day that I tried that, it was a disaster. I, I spent the whole day just trying to do the homework, and I, I couldn't even finish half of it. And I was thinking, you know, how am I going to go through seminary if this, this is what it looks like? If I cannot even finish my homework. So um, the, next, the next day I went to my professor and I, I explained to him, you know, I tried to do my homework. I can't even do half of it. What, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go through this. And he told me, what if you try to do this? What if you just take, you know, 30 minutes of each day of the week and then you try to do a little bit of homework each day, just take uh, 30 minutes this day, work on some homework. Next day, do a little bit more. And then I did that, and it worked out a lot better. So I learned that trying to do everything in one day doesn't work. Um, and you know, if you, even if you think about Scripture, in, in the Old Testament, um, the, the Israelites, when they were in the wilderness, and God provided uh, manna for them, um, He told them to not save up all that food in one day because it would spoil, but that every day he would send more food and they should go out every day and collect a little bit sufficient for that day. God is teaching us that we cannot think about the future and worry about the future in one day. We cannot figure out the next 10 years of our lives in one day. God has designed life in a way that each day he will provide just enough strength for the, the, the troubles and the challenges of that day. No more, no less. So don't worry about tomorrow. You don't have the strength for tomorrow yet. Tomorrow will be there with new troubles, but there will be more strength. Planning is a good thing. Planning is a good idea. But sometimes planning turns into worrying too much about the future. And that's when we need to take a step back and remember, I don't have the strength to worry about that now. I'm going to take this day and worry about the problems of this day. And then tomorrow, God will be there and he will provide the strength that we need for tomorrow. 
And you know, thinking about this hits home for us today uh, because we are going, as a family, Bree and I, we're going through a lot of challenges. Uh, we recently found out that Bree's dad has been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, a very aggressive kind of cancer. And also, my dad had, had an accident and he had a head injury and he almost lost his life and he's still recovering from that. And we still don't know how he will recover, uh, what the side effects will be. We have no idea what the future will look like as we think about uh, our parents and things like that. Uh, and it's really hard for us to think about it, that we don't know uh, how, what the future will be like. Uh, who is going to be there in the future with us? You know, but even when something so scary like an accident or, or cancer comes into your life, we need to remember that we have a father. A father who takes care of us, who is here today, giving us the strength that we need for today, but who will also be there tomorrow, giving us the strength that we'll need for tomorrow, whatever happens. As we look into this passage, we, we are reminded that worry lies to us. Worry tells us that our father doesn't really care, that he's not in control, that he can't do anything about our lives, that our future is out of control. But Jesus speaks truth. And Jesus tells us that we do have a father, a father who loves us, a father who takes care of everything that we need, a father who is in control of all things in his creation. So look to him today and trust him for tomorrow. Let's pray together. If you're interested in more information about our church or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church.